In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to tell you the story that is told to more ministers than any other story or joke. Here it comes. There was a priest and a rabbi and a Lutheran minister all out fishing together. And the priest said, well, I think I'm out of bait. I'm going to go into the bait shack. So he stepped out of the boat, walked across the water, went and got bait and came back. And then the rabbi said, yeah, me too. And so he stepped out, walked on the water and came back. And the Lutheran minister, not to be outdone, said, you know, my faith is certainly as great as theirs. So he stepped out of the boat and sank like a stone. And the priest turned to the rabbi and he said, do you think we should have told him where the rocks are? This is a story that is a spoof on one of Jesus' real, more famous signature miracles, Jesus walking on the water. And it's the kind of thing that people really like because it's a miracle that has all kinds of uh, panache to it. It's, it defies the laws of nature, walking on the water. And you remember the story. The disciples were sent on ahead across the Sea of Galilee. And um, the Sea of Galilee is fairly notorious for storms blowing up in a hurry because the wind blows in up off the desert and down onto the shallow Sea of Galilee. And it was one of those storms, and the disciples were scared to death. Now, these mostly were seafaring men, and they didn't scare easy, so this was a bad one. And they thought they were going down for the last time. And then they looked out, and they saw a figure coming towards them on top of the water. And they thought they were seeing a ghost. But it was Jesus, and he said, Do not be afraid, it is I. And Peter says, Well, if it is you, bid me to come out to you. And Jesus said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, and he came toward Jesus, and he was doing fine. But then he looked around at the size of the waves and the ferocity of the wind, took his eyes off Jesus, and down he went. Lord, save me. And Jesus reached out and saved him. Now, that's a great miracle. That's fine. And then the disciples said afterwards, Truly, this is the Son of God. Like as if they shouldn't have known that already after having been with him this long. But it's the kind of miracle that everybody likes because it's really spectacular. But in the Old Testament and the New Testament, miracles are actually not always that spectacular. And a lot of times miracles are things that depend on timing and sequence. There's a phrase that you'll find in the scripture that kind of describes that. It goes, and it so happened, and it happened, you know, just then somebody came along. Just then something happened. And the timing of that and the sequence is what is important. And I, th I remember uh, talking to a guy in the hospital a few years ago, and he said, uh, he said, you know, I came in for an angiogram, and while I was on the table, I had a heart attack. And since I was right there, they were able to revive me, and I had surgery, and I lived. But he said, it, that was a miracle that I was there. I, I just, just happened to be there on the table, the operating table at that time. He said, that was a miracle. And I said, yeah, I think so too. And I remember one of our own members here, Bob Stevens, went down to visit somebody in the hospital down in Indy. And he was going to go on the next day, but he decided, well, I'll go, I'll go this day. And the day he went down there, he had a heart attack. And all they did, had to do was wheel him across the parking lot, and he was at the heart hospital. And they saved his life. And now, there Bob is, big as life and twice as handsome. And that is another sequence and timing kind of miracle. 
I think these are the kinds of things that we run into. The thing that is always impressive is when Jesus comes, things like that happen. There is a phrase that uh, is only four words, but it makes all the difference in time and eternity. And that phrase is, and then Jesus came. And you can look at a lot of the stories in the New Testament. And uh, for example, 10 lepers. These are guys that can't live with their family. They can't go to work. They can't go to temple. They have to live in caves or groves. Uh, they can't uh, do much of anything. And when they approach anybody, they've got to shout, unclean, unclean. That had to be a fun way to live. These guys are destitute. And then Jesus came. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And they left. And as they went, their skin was like a, a little baby. And one of them even remembered to come back and give thanks after Jesus came. The disciples were huddled in the upper room after Jesus' crucifixion. And they didn't know if they were going to be next or what. And they were scared and alone. And then Jesus came. And he appeared in their midst and said, Peace be with you. And they had peace. The blind man, more, he was born blind, stumbling around, couldn't work, had to beg for a living. And there he was. And then Jesus came, put mud on his eyes and said, Wash in the pool of Siloam. And he was able to see. It was great. The woman cowering on the ground with people with hatred on their faces and big rocks in their hands, ready to bash her skull in because she was caught red-handed in adultery. And then Jesus came. Which among you is without sin? Let him cast the first stone. And they all left. You see how it goes? And then Jesus came. And the same thing is true for us today. It still happens. She was a young woman, hooked on drugs, despondent, suicidal, lost, and then Jesus came, and she was able to be in recovery. He was a man who was, things were going well, and he was doing fine. And then one day, all of a sudden, things weren't going well, and his doctor told him he had pancreatic cancer, and he was despondent, and he was worried about his family, and he didn't know what to do, and then Jesus came. And then he had some peace about his life and maybe even his impending death. There was a, a young man and he was uh, fearful that he couldn't tell his parents that he was gay and then he got AIDS and he was rejected by everyone in the family and he was feeling alone and miserable and then Jesus came. These are the stories that we have. And your story is there too. Uh, mostly our stories remain the same, just the faces change. And then Jesus came. And that's the thing we have to hold on to. When the waves are big and the wind is howling in our lives, we have to remember that Jesus can come. Now that doesn't mean we're going to be dipped out of every trouble we have, but it means Jesus is going to be there to go through it with us. And he's going to bring something good out of it. So... The wind and the waves, you know, the disciples felt like they were pretty safe. They wanted to be in the boat. And oddly enough, this part of the, the uh, church is in the sanctuary is called the nave, which comes from the Latin word for navy or ship. And so we are like in a ship here. Uh, and sometimes we feel like we, we just need to stay safe in the ship. But today, Jesus invites us 
to step out of the boat and join him in the tempest of life. And he will be there. It may look safer, but safety is where Jesus is. And life is where Jesus is. So no matter what the size of the wind or what the size of the waves, and then Jesus came, we're okay. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.